Warning. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Someone's been stalking in my garden. Two pink flamingos. A whole family of plaster skunks. Joe Burton's dad loves those tacky lawn ornaments. But then he brings home two ugly lawn gnomes. And that's when the trouble starts. Late at night, when everyone's asleep, someone's creeping in the garden, whispering nasty things, squashing melons, squashing tomatoes. No way two dumb lawn ornaments could be causing all the trouble. Is there? I can't believe you don't think that this is sexual. (laughs) This does not deserve to be the plot to a book. Welcome to Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. I, I, I got, no. God damn it. I can't. Jeff? Yeah. Spritz her. No. All of you can go that. to hell. I'm going to rub her face in the mics. I'm going to smash melons in your face. <laughs> smash melons on your butt. I'm going to put the audio butt track melons. on a USB and rubber face in it. Don't worry. <laughs> Welcome to Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. My name is Danielle. I have a PhD in English. <laughs> My name is Jojo, and I have a PhD. My name is Jess. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Meaningful pause in English. Okay. okay, now you go. All right. My name is Jeff, and I've reached the point of this year that making a sandwich is too much work. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my God! Thank you. Hard agree. First half of 2020, I was making sandwiches left and right, and and this past two week period, this fortnight, (laughs) I have yet to make a single sandwich, despite the fact that I have all of the means to do so, and I could make a pretty mean sandwich. How many times have you like toasted bread and then just stacked it on top of each other and been like done? Yeah. I'm just like, (laughs) you know what? This is gonna give me calories, but it's burning calories to make. It's also I taking sh- up a lot of brain effort. Have I should consider- be breaking even with a sandwich. If I make it, I should, I should have a net positive calorie-wise, but so much work. Here, here's the thing, guys. Craft. Here's where you're going wrong. Have you tried folding the sandwich, tickling the sandwich, stretching the sandwich out to its full capacity also tug of warring the sandwich tug of warring the sandwich have you tried that well danielle the answer is no danielle well then that's your problem thus far so you can't complain about anything i'll make i'll get two pieces of bread and i'll be like i gotta make this a sandwich put them on the wheel baby then i'll get a third piece of bread and been like stretch that one on the rack. now it's a sandwich yeah it's three things that make sandwich torture sandwich yeah. Anyway, guys, today we read Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Which was a, a request of sorts. Yes, it was a crest request of friend of the pod, Legendary Geek Outs, who himself has a podcast called Legendary Geek Outs. And you can find him on Twitter at Bearded Geek 19, all one word. 
Yeah, and tell him when, because he will have blocked us <laughs> after this episode. <laughs> well, absolutely. First of all, <laughs> been happy. I'm. I have. I. I. I don't dislike this book. So both of you can. Well, I'll. I'll. I'll verbally destroy both of you. Okay. I didn't like this book um, because it felt. Com- it felt so disjointed, and I hated every character. <laughs> Wow, yeah, dude. I think uh, I think Hateful. I will echo Jeff's uh, Jeff's assessment as saying this is one of the worst, most boring books in in the oeuvre of Goosebumps. And, and as time has gone on, I'm starting to really appreciate all the subtle nuances of the new girl. Can I just say? Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. New girl is like a CW drama, and this is like. I don't know, some sort of cartoon that wasn't translated correctly from Sweden or potentially, you know, Norway yeah, or yeah. <laughs> Nomeway. <laughs> Nomeway. <laughs> so this, <laughs> so, so, so Joe and I didn't like the book. Right. Danielle, you, you liked it more than we did. Well, let's, let's, let's try to give a synopsis and see yeah. what, what we each remember. It's now story. time for the one minute synopsis. Yeah. Who wants to do the long boy? Uh, I did the long boy last time. I, I can. I try. Are you both? The, I can. I mean, am I? Is this going to be my thing? Am I always going to be doing the long boy? Are you? No, always? you have. You've only done the long boy one time, I think. No, I've done it like three. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll, true. Fine, I'll do the long boy. <laughs> Spread the Fucking wealth, man. Lazy. Okay, fine. <laughs> Seize the means read, of production. I only read the book. Yeah, worked my bones to the I finger. Worked, I worked my bones <laughs> to the finger. Reading this Every, book. Uh, all of my bones, if you dig a little deeper, it's just fingers finger down there. Just finger. Just collected. Daniel, do you want to do the first minute? Sure. I'm using the built-in stopwatch with uh, Microsoft, and can I just say, not very good. You have a phone. You have a phone that's probably better than the... But I have I have a monitor. Oh, man. Mm. Why, why, why settle for the tiny screen? Yeah. Jeff, you've had the rest. <laughs> now have the best. Damn. And? All right. Go. Revenge of the Law Gnomes is about two brothers. Shit. Two siblings. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Shut up. Joe and Mindy. And they are very opposite. Mindy is into order and um, neatness. And uh, Joe is a fucking 12-year-old boy. So he's just into, like, farting on things and and running around screaming and wrestling with his best boy. Anyway, they, their dad likes to decorate lawns with stupid stuff like, you know, deer and fucking flamingos and, uh, what? Okay. 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 And, uh, and then the, the, the lo- they get the gnomes, they get these two gnomes, the gnomes come to life. They're mischief gnomes. So they are destroying gardens, uh, destroying house paint jobs. Fuck. And, and then they try, they, they kidnap the kids. And then they try to tickle them to death. The end. They get out, by the way. They get away. There you go. Just, you know, Danielle, uh, I was, I was, Danielle was stressing out because I have the stopwatch on my end too. Kept flashing me. And like, I just wanted to see how long it takes for her to get to the plot. Fucker. (laughs) 36 seconds. Bastard. uh, That's about what I got, Jeff. I mean, we're going to have to collate our data and submit it for peer review, but I do (laughs) think it takes at least a half minute for Danielle to do a one minute synopsis (laughs) beginning. Some brains need a little crank before they can get purring. Amphetamine? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, Jeff, you now have to do the one minute synopsis. Okay. Don't fuck it do up. Do too good a job. Okay. I mean it. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. And I mean it. Okay. Okay. Put it in writing. Focus. Mail it to me. Well, now I gotta go to the store <laughs> and get some. <laughs> Notarize it. And go. All right. So. Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes is not at all about Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. That's not true. Yeah, it is a family. There is Joe and Mindy and their parents. They are really into gardening. Joe is a little asshole. Mindy is uh, immature. They're both very immature in different ways, and um, she's just sort of like a stick in the mud, and he's literally a monster. Um, their dad goes, their dad is in a competition with the neighbor, Mr. McCall, and uh, with gardening, and he goes and he buys a lot of lawn ornaments. He buys two lawn gnomes, brings them to the house, and then mischief starts occurring to where the neighbor's plants get messed up, and then their plants get messed up, and then a Jeep gets painted, and then the house gets sprayed with paint, and the kids realize, well, Joe realizes that the lawn gnomes were alive. He tries to tell everybody they're alive. Of course, no one believes them. He tells his big, hunky friend, Moose, and his sister that they're alive. They come and see they're alive. They get tricked by the lawn gnomes to go back to where they came from in the house at the lawn gnome store and then they find out there's like 600 lawn gnomes instead of just a few that they thought they were going to free for some reason and then they almost get eviscerated by them then the dog comes and saves them with the dog whistle and then Um, that's the end that's that's yeah that's pretty good this this one didn't really have a a twist ending almost but go ahead okay so joe's got the two minute Oh, it had a twist ending. It just was yeah yeah. it was just a boring twist ending oh it was adorable it was uh it was just it was no, no, wink from bear. That's bad. Hey, there. Um, Finger gun. I have oh, the whatever. full synopsis. You guys ready for this shit? Yeah. Oh, so ready. And here we go. Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes is about Joe and Mindy. Joe is a shitty little 12-year-old, and Mindy is a 14-year-old who needs to be diagnosed with having obsessive compulsive disorder. This is true. Um, they have a backstory neighbor named Moose, whose dad uh, is uh, really into gardening, as is Joe's dad. They compete in gardening contests, as well as having blue ribbon vegetables. At the very start of the book, what happens is uh, Joe's dog, Buster, goes in and starts to fuck up the melons, and this is the inciting incident, because it makes Joe and his family seem suspicious to, to the McCall family, um, that's Moose's family. Um, so the the Joe's dad is like, okay, well, I want to get some new uh, lawn ornaments for our lawn. So they go down to the store and pick up these two gnomes. They bring the gnomes back. Joe doesn't like the gnomes. Moose and Joe fuck with the gnomes a little bit by throwing shit at them. And then all of a sudden, uh, the McCall's garden starts getting fucked up. The melons get destroyed. Um, lots of bad stuff just happens in the McCall house. Their Jeep gets covered in paint. Um, the... Then, then, like, the tomatoes get smashed in Joe's uh, dad's yard. And the whole time this is happening, um, Joe is consistently being blamed for it. It, it ends up a very Hatfield-McCoy situation where the McCalls are like, you, you, Moose, you're not hanging out with that Joe anymore. Um, and eventually Joe, uh, who has suspected from the start that the gnomes are not what they appear, um, uh, stakes them out one night with Moose and they find out that the gnomes are alive. When they talk to the gnomes, the gnomes are like, yeah, we're just part of nature. We just want to fuck with shit. That's our job in nature. Um, but we got to free the rest of us so we can go to the woods. And so um, Joe, Moose, and Mindy are like, okay, we'll help you. We'll free you from the basement and the, at the store where we bought you. They go there. The store's basement is packed with over 600 gnomes who threaten to kill them. And the only way that they manage to escape is Joe has a dog whistle. And for some reason, the frequency of a dog whistle makes an, a sentient gnome shut off. They yeah. go home, and then the dad buys a gorilla that I guess is alive. It winks. It's a the winking end. gorilla. The end. You know, it's a, it's a real Hatfield McCoy slash Romeo and Juliet. I have a quarrel, yes. 
I no, Coral, Romeo. Hatfield, and McCoy. It is a Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. You telling me the Hatfields and the McCoys ain't fucking? Okay. You know, all right. You make a fair point. I take it back. <laughs> I, I take it all back. Yep. Also, Moose and, and Joe didn't die in the end. No they one did not. died. The dog didn't die. There was no, a there was this, a dog and it didn't die. This was the least, and I know these are Goosebumps books, and they're not really like scary to adults, but this was the least, quote unquote, scary one. This was also the least kind of goosebumpy one where it didn't have all of the traditional tropes. Yeah, there were very, were, very few tropes that in we've this. we've come to love and adore. And there, I was like no, tropes. there was no threat. Yeah. I mean, they well, were going to like... I mean, there was, there was the threat of grounding. Yeah, but that happened. It didn't even count. Okay, guys, here's the problem. The book is not about you. And by you, I mean the reader, the human reader. This I actually don't think that's true because the entire premise of this book is Joe is talking to us, okay. the reader. No, but guy, okay, before you start getting into it, well, Danielle, you're going to have to take a break because unfortunately um, you didn't write this book. You, you don't know that. I Well, I do know that because I watch you day and night. We have ring cameras all over the house. And plus, Amazon's releasing a new drone ring camera that Dear will God. float around your home and spy on you in the kitchen. So, hey. Send help. I need you to go and take a five. I'm going to run away. I'm going to live stream my bathroom 24-7. Yeah. So, go, Daniel. That's legal. It's your smoke break, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. That's your only comment. That is legal. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's going to take her mandated 10. Because she's a little grumpy. She needs her nicotine fix. So, Danielle, why don't you go 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 hang out in the back? Go talk to go talk to our neighbor. Go Stop talk to the dad. plants. All right. Well, she's gone. Thank God. Good. Now we can talk about. Now we can talk about what this book's really about, which you and yeah. I definitely know. Yes, but uh, but it's just going to be uh, the boys. Yeah. Jeff, JoJo, and my new good buddy, Robert Lawrence Stein. Pop on in, Bobby. Excuse me, sir. We discussed that my name is not Robert Lawrence, and you know this full well, and I don't know why you would say it in a podcast against my wishes. I think I might leave. My name, okay. well, as we discussed, is Reverend Lumpstein. Reverend oh. Lumpstein. Reverend, I'm, we're so sorry. Reverend's yes, title. It's not really a name. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> if you do it right, it is. Okay, and, well. And, and if anyone's going to do it right... It's going to be Reverend Lumpstein. It's going to be good old Reverend That's right. Oh, my accent dropped for a minute, and um, and now I'm Australian. I'm fine. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get that nice Ohio accent back in place. (laughs) So, Reverend, can you tell us, Danielle had all sorts of, like, wacky ideas about this book that we're not going to let her talk about, so we want to hear from you, the source. What, what What was the thought process behind this terrible book? You see... You see, you Philistine, this is my first theoretical exploration of 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 an intangible theme. This is a story about inside versus nature. You may have noticed that there are a lot of dualities here. We've got the inside versus the outside, the brother versus the sister, the dad versus the moose dad. (laughs) that age old tell i understand (laughs) as old as time the moose dad uh against buster uh, and the whistle uh versus the gnomes and also buster steve each of these (laughs) each of these being the dog yes okay each of these represent 
inside versus outside in some way. And so what the gnomes are, are nature's revenge. Hence, revenge of the gnomes. Because you may have noticed that Dad and Moostad are both very into their gardens, Mm -hmm. which is taming nature and forcing it to do what you want it to. That's true. And, and his son's name Moose, which is a, a wild animal. Yeah. And he it's keeps like a spit in the face of nature. Right. The gnomes, they act out in ways to disrupt the human attempt at calming and taming and enslaving yeah, nature. They destroy the melons. <laughs> then they destroy the tomatoes because, again, we spoke about gardens. And then they throw paint on the side of a freshly painted house because you know what? Painting a house is an act of covering up nature's work. Nature has rain beaten. Nature has tried to reclaim this this enslaved wood. I want my houses to be open range. Thank rain, you. Rain, no, rain this house has no antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> no growth hormone. On this rant-style rambler. I'm tired of these enormous houses that have obviously been on GMOs. Yes. Two ba- two stories? Three stories? That's uh, obviously roiding. just bought a house, roiding and out. it's got three bedrooms in it, and I said that that house does steroids. Yeah. Well, that house also has a lot of vestigial organs, so... Well, it does have that tail in the back that I, I find particularly appealing. But here's one more thing. One last point. You need to recognize the importance of the lawn ornaments because the lawn ornaments are simulations of nature that have been built and frozen in place by man who thinks that he owns them, that he can move them around and organize them as he likes. Dress them in Santa costumes, I tell you. Perversions. Perversion! So, this is all about fucking up the dad, because fuck him. Oh, man. And his lawn ornaments. That is... It's about the it's about the age old conflict of nature versus man. Yes, damn straight. And and if I'm understanding you right, RL, the winner is man. Yes, the the bad guy here is man. And they win. And they do win. They whistle. I think that's good. Yes. I think it's good that nature loses. I, 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 okay, okay, well. That's right. You're obviously taking away the wrong lesson from my book. Oh, no, no, wait, Jeff? Yeah? I think I got it. Quick, let's go get some aerosol cans, mm-hmm. and we finish this ozone off once and for <laughs> Finally. I mean, I had some extra time today, you know. Yeah, I'm going to pump in so many chlorofluorocarbons that the fucking sky won't know what fucking hit it. Hey, oh, it's going to know what hit it. I've got- Joe, Joe and Jeff. I've got all of these plastic Nature's bottles. Reckoning. I've been waiting to burn all these plastic bottles. And when I run out to you and I shake you and I'm like, who taught you to do this? RL, how big is your house? Reverend Lumpstein. I live in the city, which is... So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Reverend. What? Jeff, Jeff asked you the size of your home and you just said you live in the city. That's right. I live everywhere and anywhere. So the anywhere. whole city is your home. The whole city belongs to me. It is <laughs> Reverend Lumpsteinville. The little cafe on the corner is my kitchen. Thank you for that, frankly, more than this book deserved explanation. <laughs> uh, 
of the narrative. And before you can give me some sort of rebuttal or 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 talk back at me about this, I'm going to go ahead and just shoo you right outside the front door. Excuse me. And uh, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. All right. Cool. Let's get Danielle back in. Yeah, she's been she smoking like be a smoking. chimney. Yeah. yeah, that's not good. Sup, bitches? Hey. Hey. You get your fix now. Are you chill? Hey, did you do, do I do sound it? chill? No. Okay. And that's not why people smoke typically. The nicotine's supposed to calm you. It seems to have only increased your gumption. <laughs> I have... <laughs> My gumption is so fueled right now, you guys. You don't even know. So much gumption. You can see it poking out of my ear. So... I have so much yellow highlighter in the beginning portions of this PDF file. What do you got against pink? I instantly didn't like anybody in this book. I Aww. I dislike every single what about character. Buster, Buster what about is Mindy? I, I like Buster. Mindy's the, fine. The the I don't like Mindy. <laughs> I don't like Joe. <laughs> I the dad the, the Joe's dad is kind of okay, but all the parents do stupid parent things. Yep. Um, well, what's what's your what's your passage, Joe? No, pass <laughs> what's your I point? Is it's a I I really just have like a smattering of lines that are in the same area. A passage, as we call them. Yeah, <laughs> it, our big hunky neighbor of a friend, Moose. The ga- the book starts out with again ping pong, being again? a game. Yeah, ping what was pong the other is, ping pong? So this, this is page one. This is oh no no. So I'm on, I'm on chapter two. Um, first page, uh, Joe and his sister were playing ping pong and then Moose, who is the, uh, neighbor friend, um, big hunky boy comes over. We get a description of Moose. Oh yeah. It's good. Moose is the biggest kid in the whole sixth grade and the strongest. Mm-hmm. His legs are as thick as tree trunks. Oh yeah, they are. And so is his neck. And he's <laughs> very, very loud. Just like his dad. I think he's cool. His big arm muscles I'm I'm jumping around a little bit. I think he's cool. His big arm muscles bulged as he reached out to grab mine. He drew his powerful arm back. He had an amazing surge. I bet he did. Then he hurled himself at me. Here's a longer passage. Oh oh my God. Okay. As he smashed into me, I said, Yeah, other kid, shut up. (laughs) I said, I staggered back and fell onto the (laughs) dusty cement floor. Moose jumped onto my stomach and pinned me down. Say Moose's tomatoes are the best, he ordered. He bounced up and down on my chest. M- Moose's, I wheezed. Tomate, I can't breathe. Really help. Say it, Moose insisted. He placed his powerful hands around my neck and squeezed. <laughs> yeah, this gets a little out of control. Uh, I gagged. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. He killed me. Everything sounds sexual if you read it with a whisper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. Okay, this is, all right, no. I'm going to prove to you guys that a lot of what you do is bullshit. What? Hang on. I would love to see you try. Let me pull up Microsoft Edge. Okay, yes. Some of the best, uh, wait a minute, hang on. I found an article on Saudi Arabia sending blue ammonia to Japan. What? (laughs) Okay, I'm intrigued. Saudi Aramco produce the fuel, which it does by converting hydrocarbons into hydrogen oh, yeah. then ammonia and capturing the carbon dioxide byproduct. Oh, yeah. Japan will receive 40 tons of blue ammonia <laughs> first shipment. You see? No. No. That's sexual. No. That no. Your voice. No. Your voice no. was Your sexual. Voice, what you were saying it didn't include words like gripped his powerful hands around. All of the. All of Why? the okay. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Say powerful. 
powerful. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of I, I, I couldn't tell you. Here's the thing. This whole beginning part, it's it's the kids playing. I couldn't tell you a lick about what Joe's physique is like. There is constant description of how like uh, how much of a physical he's a presence specimen. Is. He's, he's a physical he's a specimen. Spe- yeah. He's a specimen and most of it is in his interaction physically with Joe. They have a very rough housey kind of interaction. Very. I definitely see him as being like much bigger than Joe. So it, he's described it, as being much bigger than everybody. Yeah, he's bigger yeah. than everybody pretty much. But like he's all a of big man. How physically amazing this and sixth grader is. Yes. Well, Joe and and Big Moose's um, relationship is like propelled by physical contact. Yeah. Like it's the thing that they do every time they see each other is like tackle each other and wrestle. I wonder if this is just what R.L. Stein thinks young boys do. It's entirely possible that he has no idea what young boys do. <laughs> R.L. Stein uh, had roughhousing? Had... <laughs> what, what, what were R.L. Stein's friends like when he was a kid? His dog was very tiny. Yeah, he had... Okay, okay. I, I think that R.L. Stein probably had a pretty complete rogues gallery mm. of friends. So, wow. First of all, he had the, the best buddy who had a pretty amazing physique. I'm not even going <laughs> to... Probably had a pretty amazing physique. Everyone could agree. He, everyone would agree. He also had a friend who was really good at picking locks. Oh yeah, you gotta have one of those. Yeah. And then you and then you had a friend who was the healer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause you need one of those. I mean, they tended to stay in the background though. That. Yeah. They stood absolutely. back. And then you had and, and you had, <laughs> you had like his little brother. Did he have the turncoat friend? Did he have the turncoat friend? Definitely. You have to yes. have the the friend that becomes his who wanted to, yeah, yes. he wanted he wanted to be the yes he had a, he had a best friend uh, who betrayed him and went um, into TV instead of <laughs> <laughs> that sellout yes yes that's yes and his I friend's agree. name B J Stone oh yeah no B J Novak <laughs> oh poor B J Novak <laughs> he was way younger than R.L. Stein, but that's just how R.L. Stein's friends worked. Well, that's because he bathes in baby blood to keep himself young. Yeah, he uses that. We sleep. all know that as the thing you can do. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does everyone just, know that baby blood yes. has, has youth providing property? Absolutely universal knowledge. Yes. It makes sense. Why isn't then. that a goosebump? Yeah. That's a good That'd question. That'd be creepy. I know. I, this, I, I feel like that would unfortunately tread the line into being unfortunately actually scary. And and actual death, which Goosebumps really plays, plays Only pretty careful the, with. If I were a vampire, why go to all the trouble of trying to drain a, 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 an adult person when babies are just sitting there? Full of youth. Full of youth. And they're not going to be able to really do much. No. Be able to lay there and be like, goo goo gaga. And I'm yeah, like, they can't do shit. They can't well, fight. well, well, a Capri Sun. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> They're basically large gummy bears too. <laughs> with the, the with the liquid a in their belly. A vampire looks at a baby as a, as I look at a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like this baby. got very dark. <laughs> <laughs> this got very dark very fast. <laughs> well, we are talking about one of the most terrifying books that has ever been read or written. Yeah, you know, it's the George, Bible. George. <laughs> George Lucas's Revenge <laughs> of the Lawn Gnomes, episode six of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was when one of the lawn gnomes said to Joe, 
I have the high ground. <laughs> and then Joe tried to jump over him and got cut up. What was yeah. it? And then and then Joe became Darth Vader. Yeah, and then Joe was like, Oh, oh and then oh, Luz tackled him at the end. I yeah. see. Luz was definitely is. the palpatine in this situation. Yes, with his lightning. He did like to palpitate. That's 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 my that's my passage. Um a look into the tension between a main character and their love interest, aka the Romeo and Juliet of the of the story. Joe and Big Moon. Again, it's not. That's a false <laughs> equivalency to say every relationship is Romeo and Juliet. That's well, they are children and, and they are in love. Yeah. So they are, they, they are in love. Yes. Yeah. Demonstrably yeah. in love. Yeah. Yes, All they right. trust each other implicitly. <laughs> so who's that's got the key? Daniel, that's, I that's what you need. <laughs> I believe you have the middle part, Danielle. I believe I do. And a lot of the middle is the gnomes. Uh, Joe sees the gnomes making faces. The classic goosebumps. Yes, classic goosebumps Circle of scenario. <laughs> in which classic goosebumps middle of the book. Yep. Joe keeps seeing shit happen and tries to tell other people. But when other people look, the gnomes are just back in place, looking completely normal, making Joe seem like he's gone bonkers. And like... He, it's basically that Twilight Zone episode where there's a gremlin on the wing. Yes. There's no, there's He's no the William space. Shatner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly like that. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on. But what I found interesting is okay. it's chapter 14. Okay. And I don't think my pagination is the same as yours. Yeah. Because no. it's 42. Well, it's okay. Each chapter is only two pages. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're pretty good markers. And this is the confrontation between dad and moose dad. And so what's happened is the gnomes have now uh, destroyed Moose Dad's cassava, cassava melons, whatever they are, and they're destroyed. And the, the Moose Dad is convinced that it's someone, it's either Buster or Joe or even uh, Joe Dad as, a, as an act of blatant sabotage and Oh my he, god, they, this was one of the best things in the entire book. Isn't it great? Yeah, I forgot this passage. Yes. They're standing in the doorway, and uh, Moose Dad opens the door in a white jogging outfit holding a half-eaten pork chop in one hand. Now. <laughs> Already. Now, a pork chop's not on like it's not a chicken wing. It's not it's not a it's not a chicken leg. You don't have it's not a it's not a typically a grippable. It's not food. a caramel apple. It's, no. it's just a chunk of meat. It's like yeah. I came with like it's like I grabbed some meatloaf out of the chunk and I just walked to the door with it gripping and like gripped in my hand. At least then it would be a meatball. Half a pork chop is just half a pork chop. It's nothing. Well, and, but but let's. Is this the whole passage? No, by the way? no, no, no. Okay, no, no. okay. No, but we that got, was wait, merely wait, the, wait, the wait, opening salvo. We got, we got, we got to wait. We got to wait. Okay, okay. So then they get into a screaming match, which is just amazing. And I kind of want one of you to be uh, Joe Dad. Oh, you want one of us to be well, Joe Dad? I'm, I'm currently Joe Friend, so I'll be Joe Dad. Okay, okay. So I'm starting with their dialogue after the half-eaten pork chop. Okay. It starts with Jeffrey, I believe, right? Yeah. And uh, I forget who's Oh, the there. dad's name is Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Oh, like, hey. Like, like Jeff Brown. Yeah, there's, yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of um, allusions to us in this book. Okay. So <laughs> we, are, we are everywhere in yeah. this book. 
and which is one of the reasons it's so great. One of the reasons we do this podcast. Yep. Okay. So uh, Moose Dad opens the door and he's like, Jeffrey, what are you yelling about? It's difficult to digest with all the noise. Well, <laughs> well digest this. <laughs> Dad screamed, by the way. And uh, then, then he brings his hand up and he hurls smashed tomatoes at Moose Dad. And they get all over his white jogging suit. So um, <laughs> this, this, this turns into one of wait, the greatest. Wait, what? wait, wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. White t-shirt, white sweatpants. Hot. And he was holding a pork chop. Pork chop man. What was happening at that house? Super pork chop. <laughs> I thought he was in a jogging outfit. Have you seen American Horror Story? Like, because when I when I think of, <laughs> when I think of jogging outfit, I picture like where they have the zip up long sleeve jo- the track jacket, track jacket, and, and the, the, the the long pants, the shiny pants, the shiny long pants, and then a sweatband and aviator yes. glasses, and definitely yes, thank you, and, and a pork uh, chop. And a pork I, chop. I, I never go to the gym unless I have a, a full loin in my back. Oh yeah, no, I I can't. I can't work Arthur out. Neaton. I gotta, I gotta chop up, you know, while I'm in the middle of my workup. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm lifting to get those incredibly sick gains. Yes. Incredibly sick gains. You'd yes. be shocked. What I do is when I'm doing my lad delts. Uh huh. Where are uh-huh. those at? Sure. Me, yeah. What are the delts? There. It's, it's on the. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I'm doing that one, um, I put the pork loin on my, on my. Uh, and then it picks up because I'm, I'm just getting so many gains. <laughs> Temperature's going up. It's That's like an egg on a that, car engine. So what they don't show is that uh, Mr. McCall had cooked that pork chop with the raw heat of his jogging exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's kind of his thing. That's his warm up. Yeah, uh, that's his warm up. Pun intended. Warm up with pork. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then uh, Joe Dad shrieks again. How could you do this for a stupid blue ribbon? What are you talking about? Oh, I see. Now you're going to play innocent. You're going to pretend you don't know anything. You're not going to get away with this. I love you kids are not going to get away with this. And this whole scene, they're like nose to nose. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Tomato to tomato. Yeah. They just, you you got, you got some motto on your, your, your hot jogging pants your neighbors next door, right in your grill. Yeah, and then and then they start insulting each other uh, about the their blue ribbon winning vegetables from past county fairs. And uh, there's I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's a lot of accusations being thrown around about cheating and purchased blue ribbon tomatoes. There's and I, I'm looking at it. There's actually a part where some. Um, uh, some alluding to genitalia size in relation to the yes, size of melons and plants. Thank up. you. <laughs> oh yeah, thank your you. tomatoes. Let's see. My tomatoes were the best in show. Yours look like raisins. Have <laughs> you ever heard of growing cassavas in Minnesota? Anyway, you're going to be the joke of the garden. You're going to be the cuck of the garden show. Oh no! Of cuck of the garden walk. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's well known that raisins is an insult for tiny balls. Yeah. Tomatoes is apparently uh, a, 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 an excellent ball measure. It is a measure of great balls. <laughs> That's what most balls I don't um, think aim ball size is a positive. 
Some people yeah. think it is. Yeah, oh, you got yeah. some big balls on you. Oh, yeah. You got yeah, some big cojones. That's like a metaphor for courage. Yeah, because they like it's, big it's balls and they can't lie. It's, out, it's outrageously gendered and I'm not happy about it. Oh, no. It is problematic as fuck. But it is what it is. Okay, well. It's, it's, it's the right. dark side of American culture, baby. Yeah, it's the dark side of gardening between two dads oh, in boy. some sort of suburban neighborhood. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the last line of this confrontation between them, um, after they've shrieked at each other and uh, accused each other of cheating, Mr. Moose Dad disappeared into the house, slamming the door so hard the porch shook. So this was a perfect teenage, like, freak out, like shrieking and throwing and slamming the door at the very end for, for good, good measure. This is well, just, that is, that is how Danielle, that's how adults with children behave. Yeah. Oh, that's, yes. that makes sense. That makes we sense. We liked, we like to think, and by we, I of course mean us millennials. <laughs> we like to think, that our parents are mature, but the oh, fact no. of the matter is they're just big kids with little kids. You know, I've probably been in more fights than my dad. Damn. And he gets Wow, his- Jeff, weird brag. Yeah. Humble brag. Well, because he's you know, he's twice my age and you there's more opportunities and yeah. <laughs> yeah twice Where's your long. courage, old man? You got raises, old man? Oh. Yeah, what's up in there? But like he I, remember, I fight all day. I remember like I, I would see because my dad would my parents ran apartment complexes and they would always have um upset residents coming to us on site where we lived and I would see people get face to face with my dad and he just sort of smiled and would be like all right we'll have a good day because he knew that would piss them off <laughs> I know uh, he was a sly he was a sly he kind was, of insult he used guy. guile yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I it. never I don't know what I would do if I saw my parents get into a fist fight or get into like a physical altercation like this that seems very scary for a child <laughs> That's basically the middle. Like, there's just, you know, more, yeah. more, no that's the middle. That's just, well, also, but there's a line that's there where that's when um, the Romeo and Juliet scene. Oh, that's right. In, I totally forgot to go there. Where, uh, right before the door slams. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, your son can't hang out with my son. And then tears roll down the the, the, the children's cheeks because now yes. their love is going to go unexpressed. And now yeah, they now must they're, now their now their love, much like those tomatoes and melons, is going to rot on the vine. Yeah. Oh, guys, it's so sad. And you're so emotional, right? I'm really. I can't. I don't know. If I can. <laughs> God. Yeah, really? but I mean, it's fine. They don't listen. <laughs> yeah, I know they don't give a fuck. Nothing matters. It's no, fine. no, 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 no. Who cares? Has no no consequences. Two lifelong friends. Oh. An unbelievable scenario. You've woke up in the body of a dog? Suicide by time travel. What will they do? Go on. I'll give you some money for the Zoltar machine. <laughs> Jake, get away from that Zoltar machine. Join Nick and Jake each week as they surprise each other with a new scenario. <laughs> and Jake has at Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no! You can't do that! Surprise scenarios available on most podcast platforms. It's gonna mess you up. Joe, you got the you got the end part. Yeah, man. I do have the end. What, what you got? So, so uh, yeah. The, the most of this book is just like them dealing with you know who's causing this mischief, and then at the very end, 
Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It was the gnome. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it was the, gnomes. the whole what? time it was the gnomes. Yeah. Well, um, the gnomes, uh, who we have not named, their names are Chip and Hap. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, yeah. They, I, I couldn't remember. Which. Chip and Hap uh, basically say, like, listen, we, we don't want to be causing this problems, but it's because we're in the city. We want to be in the woods where we can cause mischief and not hurt anybody. But Free we won't leave yet until you get the rest of us out because we all have to leave together. And the, the kids, it's not clear why. They just believe this story. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and th- I just I just want to also point out that this is such a classic 90s scenario of, like, beautiful, peaceful nature being bulldozed by humanity, like a la Fern Gully mm-hmm. and other things that I This definitely came really. out the same month as Fern Gully. This is a Fern Gully uh, accompaniment. Yeah. It, yeah. They sold it with the, with the movie. Um. But so here's here's the thing that's sort of like wacky. They go to the uh, they go to the house where the, the the gnomes are sold, and they go into the basement. And as it turns out, um, the gnomes pulled a goof on them <laughs> and are going to kill them, or whatever. Yeah, they don't really say kill, but it's, 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 yeah, it's implied. It's implied. It's implied that their survival is not um, guaranteed. Yeah, I don't think I don't think many people can survive being folded. Their whole, they're, they're, they're in the basement and they're, they're going to be attacked by the bad guys, which are all the gnomes. <laughs> 600. 600 of them. 600 gnomes in this basement. Enormous basement. Massive basement. Um, when at the last second, uh, this is the end of chapter 27. As Hap's heavy plaster foot came down, <laughs> I stretched out my hand fumbled for the whistle. It's the dog whistle that's for Buster. Grabbed it, rolled away as the gnome's foot tromped down heavily. It thudded inches from my head. I sat up, raised the whistle to my lips, and blew as hard as I could. Now what? Would the whistle work? Would Buster come to rescue us again? Hard to say, man. And then page, uh, this is chapter 28, page uh, 115, about halfway down. Hey, Moose's cry made me turn around. Look at him. <laughs> Moose's voice echoed through the silence. Look, they all froze, Mindy declared. She placed both hands on the red cap of a gnome and pushed it over. It clattered to the floor and didn't move. A hunk of plastic. <laughs> yeah, so plaster, plastic, plastric. I thought they They're were made, made of, of wood. They were made of wood originally. Wood, plastic. I don't Ooh. get it. But the other thing is like, okay, so as soon as the gnomes are frozen back in place, the kids just go back to fucking with them. Okay, continue. Bastards. Um, Back in their trance-like state, Mindy murmured. But how, Moose demanded. Buster never showed up. If they weren't afraid of the dog, why'd they freeze up? I suddenly knew the answer. (laughs) It was the whistle and blew it again. It was the whistle. It wasn't Buster, and I I had it wrong. They were afraid of the whistle, not the dog. Let's get out of here, Mindy said softly. Can we... Here's here's the thing about the dog whistle is... uh, So dog whistle is notoriously used as a referent for when uh, someone is... Sen- is saying things in a coded way 
that the people who receive the message will understand, but the rest of the people are not supposed what to What are you talking about? Dog whistling. What? She's so talking about the, 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 modern, the modern use of the term. Dog whistle. Is, I don't think it's... Uh, is it dog whistling? Yeah. I don't think... Is that the oh, actor? No, no, no. I'm saying... Wait, are you contending my definition or the In book? In politics, a dog whistle is the use of coded or suggested yeah. language and political messaging to garner support from a particular group without uh, provoking opposition. So exactly the what I said. The name for the ultrasonic dog whistles used in shepherding. Also that. But I like that it's kind of... So the Joe uses the dog whistle to defeat... No, I didn't. Yeah, well, Joe, I saw you, Okay. I didn't hear you because it was a dog whistle. I couldn't hear it, but I definitely saw it. Is it exciting that it was at least a half an hour in this episode before I did that part? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. You you held off. Yeah, no, I tried. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so when nature tries to fight back, humans pull out the dog whistle to rally the other humans to destroy the nature. Well, maybe it's because the dog whistle is so nature. The dog it's whistle so is natural that the yes, gnomes think exactly. they're back in nature. Oh man, and they're just oh, they're and so they're, peaceful. And they're like, it's time to take a big old break in oh, time. Time to hibernate, boys. But then he blows it again. Wouldn't that turn I it off? I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I feel this like is what I, I find so confusing. Right? It, they they blow the whistle. The the legion of gnomes in this basement all freeze. Yes. And yep. then they they don't they don't go like. Let's get a bat. They just leave. Yeah, at no point do they actually think about destroying the gnomes. This is like, the part I don't understand. Like, they in no way solved the problem. Yeah, there's still 600 gnomes in the basement. Oh, yeah. Those, those gnomes are so, and their fucking dad goes there all the time. But my, they, the they, main they, question they didn't, for they me. Didn't, they didn't convince, they didn't convince the dad the gnomes were evil. No. They, they do not have an explanation for why the gnomes are gone, and they certainly do not have an explanation for why they should not get more fucking gnomes. Also, the kids are still not supposed to see each other. The dads are still mad at each other. Everything the is still The melons are still gone. Okay. Tomatoes are gone. Okay, I have how a very is this? important Danielle, question. I really do. Danielle, how is this the conclusion, the climax of this book? It's very anticlimactic, which is ironic, but here... Is what a, a lot of, the, of this. Of the uh, shut up. Shut the fuck up. A lot of this hinges on the question how did uh, happen dipshit get to become alive? <laughs> what, what, what sprang them to life? Well, evil. I think. <laughs> I think we'd have Chucky. to read Chucky. <laughs> I think we'd have to read additional lawn gnome books to get the full story. Unfortunately, there's no other lawn gnome. Oh shit! Hold on. There's two. Oh, God. <laughs> there's at least two books. Yeah, there are. There's this one um, and another one. I've got two Revenge books right of here. Lawn Gnomes, Planet of the Lawn Gnome. They're aliens. Oh, dude, they're aliens. They're which aliens. I guess, which I guess spoils it. However, the cover of Planet of the Lawn Gnomes is way better than the cover we got for any of our bullshit. 
that's probably accurate. But yeah, because like they, what were the, what was the, what were the gnomes gonna do? Like, were they going to kill the kids and eat them? Like, was no one going to know that like these kids were gonna go? Like, what the fuck was their goal? They just okay, okay, okay. With them? Imagine you saw what two law gnomes could do. Imagine what six hundred could do. They could destroy the town. Yeah, really. Like, if they unleashed, how'd they get down there? I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions. There's a lot of lore that we didn't get. Yes. Yeah, a lot of missing lore that is just blah, chewing me up inside. Is the is the lady who owns the place, is she in on it? Exactly, because they don't attack her. Or, I mean, but it just seemed odd because all the things that the lawn gnomes said they wanted to do were like things that you physically couldn't do to a person necessarily. Unless you could move. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just briefly read the little dialogue when, because we hear Hap and Dipshit actually speak mm-hmm. and they're they're talking to the kids right in chapter 21. What Can we call him Chip Shit because his name is Chip and I think that's funny? Chip Shit's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Hap like and it. Chip Shit. Hap and Chip Shit. So Hap, Hap is like, we're, we're mischievous. We're mischievous. <laughs> we're mischievous. We're mischievous and we can't help it. And then Chip Shit says, we really can't. You see, we're mischief elves. And then Mindy's like, what? Uh, we're mischief elves. We do mischief. That's our mission in life. Wherever there's mischief in the world, we're there. Mischief is just our job. We can't help ourselves. And then they go on to be very sort of like cute and 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 desperate. And this is what we do. This, this is this just is what we do. This it is, is who we are. We it go. is very much a classic Gremlins thing because originally Gremlins were like mischievous little monsters uh, uh, that uh, fucked do up. Do you planes. mean the Mogwai? No, I don't need the. I don't need the Mogwai. I mean original Gremlins. You can't feed them after midnight. You can't feed them you after cannot. midnight. Um, but you can give them. Um, a little bit of uh, non-caffeinated tea. Yeah, chamomile. Chamomile. You know, is that sleep. food? Yes. Yes. You can. Okay. You don't chew your tea. <laughs> if 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 tea is a physical thing you can eat, but you make it into some sort of broth or. or at what time? At what? Okay, listen. I know we got a lot going on. <laughs> a lot of balls in the air. At a lot of raisins does, in the air. At what point does drinking become eating? <laughs> Is it just how your is it how your stomach digests it? Is there a point where it's like this is too solid, can't just go to pee pee? Yeah, uh, gotta go to uh, okay. This is I, I never I never thought that this Google search was coming, but here we are. <laughs> oh man, what is the difference? Yeah, between eating and drinking to your body, does it know? Is it dumb? Google's gonna be like, is JoJo Lewis PhD asking this question? <laughs> I gotta go. So Guys, I'm really down this rabbit hole of drinking your food, and I gotta say, I'm liking it. It's it's not it's just it's the gnomes uh are talking about their plight and uh he, Hap says that they're slaves. <laughs> and we find they put emphasis really. on it. <laughs> they yeah. put emphasis on being slaved. Enslaved. And and then we slaves. find out that they're they're not necessarily really a kind of yeah, that's kind of a. They're kind of just. Did they co-opt the? They're the kind of yeah. assholes. Yeah, yeah they're kind of just uh, calling themselves slaves, which is no small thing to do. Yeah, wait, these gnomes are dicks. Yeah, I think these gnomes are assholes. They're just assholes. Not, they're not part of nature. No. Yeah, they were. Like, they're they're just not wooden. Assholes. And like, I think that was the thing that that I I was so struck by was the idea that like 
they're part of na- like they're just naturally occurring. These gnomes out in the world. Yeah, they grow. They're made of they're, they're man made. They're made of plastic. Yeah, the kids so should have like, known immediately that that can't be true. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought they were carved wood, but if they're they're made of something, so like. They're How made- are you dumbass kids falling for this shit? If you look underneath one of their feet, it says made in China. I, oh, man, I know. Like, this is why if they were just made of wood, this yeah. could be a whole different thing. Yeah, definitely. This could work. I would, I would say even still with everything that happened, they may be worse still from the forest. Yes. But now that knowing that they're literally just plaster or plastic or whatever. I'm like, okay, okay, bud. You, you, and now you think that you're okay. Hey, you don't know shit. You better shut your plastic fucking mouth before I kick you right into the moon. I I also I have so many questions which we're not going to unfortunately answer. But like, do their mouths open to where there's like a hole? Yeah. Like, are there teeth? Are there teeth? Do they talk and it's just like the front lips sort of move over like a flat surface? Like a sock puppet. Yeah. A lot of weird things about these gnomes physically that I don't quite get. And I would love it if there was some sort of I don't know live action episode of this uh, book. That we could watch. Oh dear, is there? I don't know. Hmm. They're in the movie. They're in the movie. You that say. might be a good one to to. We can do a little post research. Yeah, do a little mini soda. Yeah. Food is not defined by its chewable. Oh man, Joe's gone down the the Still esophagus hole. I'm sorry. This is just so fucking wild. <laughs> I mean, if we if we want to talk about boring shit, I can tell you how it, <laughs> I wrote my dissertation somewhat I just about found this. An, I just found an article that says, say no to water between meals. What? A macrobiotic okay. counselor. Okay, macrobiotic people don't get to say shit. They're, says that you should not drink water. The theory is washing down the food while eating. No water makes your digestion worse, so you shouldn't drink water when you eat. Okay, that's actually the opposite. Of what? Yeah. Happens? And the first comment was like, I would love to see the science. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please show your work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, as we know, that's it, also the same person who wrote the essay, is air good for my lungs? Yes. And uh, our... But is it? <laughs> exactly. You don't know. Now, now Jeff. Where's the I science? I don't know. Yeah, Jeff, you know, I mean, your precious science is one thing, but on the other hand, Gwyneth Paltrow's goop has quite yeah. the article on She's it. She's got vagina candles. What do you got? Yeah, oh. Jeff, what do you have? Well, I don't have those because they sold out before I could buy any. Typical man. Seriously. Just, wait, just sleeping on the badge. I see. Okay. All right. So do we want to do a, a can we talk about? Do we want to do, do a can we talk about? Just a quick one, maybe. Yeah, I don't think I don't have as many. Yeah, I've got like yeah. three. So let's, uh, we're going to do uh, a section of our show that, because uh, we, we don't talk about everything in the book, obviously, because there's so much. But um, we do like to save uh, certain tidbits for a little section we like to call can we talk about it? Um, and so I would like to begin, if you don't mind. Please. Um, can we talk about how the first two pages is R.L. Stein shaming a girl because she has obsessive compulsive disorder? This is true. And also, can we talk about the fact that Buster eats chocolate chip cookie dough, but not the chocolate chips, which is a feat that I have yet to see anyone perform. He must have a tongue of, of steel. Well, it would kill him because it's chocolate. It would Details, man. I mean, if he... Him. I mean, I don't know. Can we talk about how there's a section of the book where Joe is still trying to get his parents to believe that the gnomes are alive, and on, like, attempt number three, he tells his mom that it's the gnomes, they have black paint on their hands, come out, you'll see, and the mom says, Joe, if this is another joke, 
assuming that maybe she thinks there's a possibility the gnomes could be alive and maybe this time he's not playing around well they are alive so how how wild could it be she 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 knows what's up she gets it okay can we talk about the fact that uh the gnomes say that in their backstory they guarded mines (laughs) and they had to leave the forests because the mines were closed That's, you know what, middle America's dealing with that because the transition to green energy is putting a lot of these gnomes out in the woods out of a job. Yeah, you happy happy about that, Shell? Can we talk about how even when the the horrific proof that the gnomes had destroyed the tomatoes were present, Joe took the time to fat shame the gnomes by saying that they had squishy pulp hanging from their tiny (laughs) back. Can we talk about how Joe's dad... um, is definitely fucking the owner of the gardening place. Thank you lawns. so much. That was absolutely <laughs> one of the most sexual things in this book. In so much that he names the deer, dear Lila, after, after Lila yeah. from Lawn Lovely. Can we talk about how the dad likes to dress up all of the different lawn ornaments for yeah. different things? But for some reason, he dresses up the flamingos in pirate costumes on Halloween, which is not the first... Thing, I would, but it would be cute. It would be cute, but as far as like first option for what you would dress up a uh, flamingo in for what, Halloween, what, what, what would what's your first option for flamingo wear? Uh, mummy. Oh, so oh I just love wrap that. toilet paper I around it. I like it. Yeah. That's smart. Can we talk about how, for whatever reason, he never thought to destroy the gnomes, <laughs> or just like cut a finger off <laughs> so, just to watch it bleed? Because it's like. They're fucking lawn gnomes. Who gives a shit? Just break the... Can we talk about also how I guess the reason why they didn't do it is R.L. Stein didn't have the budget to have a hot action scene? Yes. Clearly did not have the budget for any kind of action because there is none. Can we talk about how Moose is so fucking strong that when he hits a ping pong ball, it flattens into a tiny white pancake, which... As, as as somebody who has broken ping pong balls, do, ping pong balls do, uh, they just split open. Yeah, like a to, melon. To, to, can, to smush them. Can we talk about how he has done that so much that I have a milk crate full of ping pong balls that Smushed are flattened by ping moose pong balls yeah. that they keep under their desk like some kind of I don't know. Moose, no. Moose is wild. He's nature trying to come in and, and bust up your ping pong balls. Yeah, can we talk about why the parents even let him come over anymore? Because <laughs> apparently almost just broke their ping pong table. Yeah. Which is not an By jumping up thing. and down on it. For no reason. Yes. For no reason. And can we talk about how Moose yelled out Super Moose as if that was anything? <laughs> oh my God. I, that's what I want the, sing- the sequel to be about. Please let it be about Super Moose. Can we, can we talk about how... When they got to the uh, house to be attacked by all the gnomes, Mindy was like, you lied to us. And we, the reader, were like, of course they were. Can we talk about how uh, Joe talks about running around the side of the house at one point and then being like crippled by an intense stomach cramp like like running cramp? i do remember that weird stomach cramp yeah. i was he got he got a stitch in his side yeah at the least opportune moment by running like 20 yards can, can we talk about how he got grounded 
And then literally like 20 minutes later, the mom was just like, fuck it. Take the dog for a two mile exactly. walk. Exactly. Just shut the fuck up and get out. Also grounded, but also leave for two, Please. five hours and go to the lake. Yeah. Two miles. That's a walk. That's a long walk if you're just walking. And she's probably like, please don't come home. Please don't come home. Please don't come home. Oh, can we also... We talk about how um, just just to get an, a little look into Joe's like life, um, his sick twisted worldview. <laughs> orders a glob of rubber vomit from the Joker's Wild catalog for five dollars, which is a lot for plastic. I vomit. absolutely don't remember this. And, and this is something that they describe, and it has no bearing on. Anything. Oh yeah, it's just a detail there for fun. It's right before he goes to his sister's closet and then completely fucks up her entire wardrobe. Yes. Which is the meanest thing. It's really cruel. He is extremely, for being the, the younger brother to his older sister, he is the meanest piece of shit yeah. ever. Well, he's chaos and she's order. They're always at loggerheads. It's how, it's how the theme of this book works. And that is uh, what we like to refer to as the section of our show that we call Can We Talk About It? Where we get into all the stuff we couldn't talk about because this book was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it, the, I, I mean, one of the things that I actually respect about this book is that it held off on giving any kind of indication of what the story was going to be about until like chapter six or so. Like it yeah. really, really pulled its punch there for a minute. And then it really like, made sure that you knew the, the characters yes. the world. Yes. It's like Dune. But with yes. gnomes. <laughs> but with gnomes. You're right. Just want you to know real quick that Jojo tweeted as we were doing this. What? What's the difference between eating and drinking? You bastard. And so far, the one person has responded with food has food particles, drink has drink particles. <laughs> 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 Argue with that. And <laughs> that's from B Radical TS on Twitter. Yeah. They're not wrong. Thank you, Radical. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, so I think we've come as far as we can go. I with, think so. Uh, the Lawn Gnomes. Um, who, who suggested this? Uh, this was from Legendary Geek Outs. Thank you, Legendary Geek Outs, for um, suggesting we do Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Yeah. And if While you guys we did have... not care for this book. I, hey, fun. I, I was not against this book. I was all right. <laughs> to, in our defense, we don't like most things. That's Fair. very uh, true. Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off the album Hit and Run. It's a wonderful song off a wonderful album. You can check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. What is the next book we're going to be reading, guys? Can it be Don't Get Sick at Granny's? Sure. It can. It can. I did not know that was a book, but yeah. Yeah. But hey, if you guys want to read ahead, this is uh, this is one of my favorites. Oh, I'll be sure to dislike it. Yeah, I'll be sure to be real against it. Yeah, this is um, Ghost of Fear Street number 16. Don't ever get sick at Granny's. Is Ghosts of Fear Street like between Fear Street and Goosebumps? OK, OK, it's the bridge. OK, yes. And I would argue probably one of the better of kick <laughs> ass and take names. Uh, Danielle. Yep. All right. So Would you please provide us that final oh sumptuous passage. I am so, so happy to. Uh, so for context, uh, the dad, uh, Joe dad has now bought an eight foot tall gorilla. Is it eight? It's not eight feet. That's tall. what it says. That's not. Oh a my long God. It is. That's massive. That is a installation. That's, that's, that's the sculpture. 
but uh yeah so he puts it in the in the in the in the yard and um here's here's some of what that looks like the gorilla had paws the size of baseball mitts and a head as big as a basketball it's the ugliest thing I ever saw, Mom cried, both hands pressed to her face. You're not really going to put that horrible monster on our front lawn, are you, dear? Anything is better than those lawn gnomes, I thought. Anything is better than the lawn gnomes who come to life and do terrible mischief. I glanced at Mindy. I had a feeling she was thinking the same thing. I think it's a beauty, Dad, I said. It's the best-looking lawn gorilla I ever saw. Great, Dad, Mindy agreed. Dad smiled. Mom turned and hurried back to the house, shaking her head. I glanced up at the gorilla's enormous purple and brown painted face. Be a good gorilla, I murmured. Don't be like those awful gnomes. Then, as I started to turn away, the gorilla winked at me. Fuck. And shot me some finger guns. My name is Jojo. I have a PhD in English. <laughs> My name is Daniel. I have a PhD in English. My name is Jeff, and much like Mischief Gnomes, I also only come alive at night. This has been Geekspubs, the Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast, and until next time, stay out of the basement! Just like somebody, you